It's Friday, September 17th, 2021, and it's The Relevant Podcast. Here in Orlando, I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me from Loverland, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Nashville, Tennessee, artist, producer, mogul, Derek Miner. What up? And sitting in for Jamie today, joining us once again, our friend, counselor, author, speaker, Kristen Howerton. Hey. Hey, guys. Welcome uh, back. We love having you on. Thanks for filling in today. How's California? Well, I love being with you guys. It's always fun. You guys have a governor still. Congratulations. Yeah. We do. Yes. It's been we an do. exciting yeah. couple weeks there. It, it must be cool to live in a state where the whole country knows what's happening. You know, there could be significant things happening in local politics in Virginia. And I don't think the nation would ever hear about it. But I feel like I know <laughs> even minor candidates in California pretty well. Hey, so. hey Jesse. Of course, it's national news. A black man running for governor of California, like the fifth largest economy in the world, was saying that slave owners, white slave owners, should have reparations today. This week. Yeah. Of course, it's going to make national news. I don't know. I don't know what was going on over there. Crazy times. Crazy times we live in. Listen, have y'all ever watched the show Boondocks? Yeah. Yes. My kids love that show. Yeah. If I've ever heard, seen a real life version of Uncle Ruckus in my life. Yes. Like it just, it's just so true. I've never in my life. I'm like, bro, at this point, I'm like, you like the, you like the Dave Chappelle, Clayton Bixby character. Like it's, Dude, it's like at this he point. Was, he was so trying to get white support. He was giving white people stuff they weren't even asking for. You know what right, I mean? Like, yeah. right, right. We're like, we don't want that. Nobody's asking for that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is going to sound terrible, but like, and maybe, I don't know if this is a good thing or not, but I think just like news fatigue has hit me so hard mm-hmm. recently, you know, where I'm like, I could see all the headlines coming out of California and all this salacious stuff. And I'm like, you know what? I, there's nothing that I can do that will affect the outcome of this in any way. I can't vote there. I, you know, I, I'm just going to choose to sit this one right. out mentally and just like, I'll hear about it later. But, but, you know, I don't have to like put all my emotional investment in all this craziness. Kristen, what's it like being a resident of the fine <laughs> uh, state of California when everything seems pretty, pretty well? I have to say there? that I am very relieved because, you know, the, the U.S. has been a, crazy place over the last couple of years. And I live in California and often tell myself, you're in California. It's like, you know, it's different. And this recall election had me pretty scared because I think I just would have lost all faith in humanity if that man was, if Larry Elder became our governor. I mean, he's so bad. He's so bad in so many ways. And, And I actually think there were people that were for the recall who then once Larry Elder looked like the outcome were like, oh, never mind. Man. <laughs> never mind. Look, Larry Elder <laughs> was saying stuff that was making <laughs> racist people blush. Yeah. Like, it was. it was like, white racist people like, you know, he said stuff in race like, hey, man, that's a little too far, buddy. You don't think that, you don't think you, <laughs> you may want to tone it down a little bit, Larry? He was saying stuff I've never heard anybody say before, like, on a, with a mic in front of them. I'm like, I've never, like, I didn't even know that was a thing. Who came up with the idea that white, white slave owners should have reparations? Like who came up with Here's that the, idea? They did get reparations though. That's the, that number one that's actually <laughs> happened is that after slavery, 
like the government paid the slave owners for the loss of property. So that's mm-hmm. so now you're uneducated. And on top of that, it's like, dog, you black, bro. Like it's like bro, this, this, they, they, like that. This, this not gonna help you. This, this, this is a pick me situation. You like pick me, please. It's like, bro, yeah. don't nobody, like yeah. nobody wants someone that will disrespect themselves to a level like mm-hmm. that. I mean, you don't, or I don't know if you want to be around people that will want you to disrespect yourself like that. You know. But that's what's sad about the whole scenario is there were so many Republicans in my state that were like, well, look how unracist I am because I'm going to vote for a black guy. And like (laughs) the person that you guys have picked is like actively saying racism is over. I'm sorry. I have two black kids in California. It's not over here. Man, Still dealing with it. (laughs) Just bizarre. I've said this before. Well, and maybe this is a terrible idea, but I'm just going to throw it out there. Like. I feel like discourse just keeps it, it's it's a race to the bottom every right. time, right? Because like when people say reasonable things, n- nobody really cares because that's it's honestly it's not as interesting, right? Like it's more fun to talk about you know things that are said or done that are outrageous yeah. because it's either it's either gonna like inflame some sort of opinion you already have or it's just funny, right? right. Like I mean it's it's pretty much in in one of the those two things like one of the interesting things about how kind of media has evolved and like podcasting has come along that it's really hard for people to get like in a long form discussion and just it, you know just kind of try to out outrageous each other it only lasts like five minutes before they're just normal people talking like it just doesn't work in the format for people just to be screaming mm. at each other I really think if, if if we had like political debates that were more like in kind of podcast form I honestly think you would get people asking having real conversations about issues instead of just saying inflammatory things to try to get news coverage because the the reality is like some of these candidates just want coverage and don't care if it's yes. good or bad because ultimately people are going to vote for whoever has an R or D beside their name and so name recognition is important so they're going to say outrageous things whether it's negative or positive where if you had people just dialoguing and actually talking like humans I think it would subvert a lot of this you know yeah and Larry Elder he is a provocateur I mean that's his whole thing He's always been yeah. saying outrageous things for press. Kind of like forever. Jesse. That's how Jesse is on yeah, social media. Very similar. Yeah. Talking head saying right. crazy it's, things. Yep. Very much. And running for fringe political office in my it's state. It's safe to say Jesse is the white Larry Elder. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. I am. I am. I'm prepared Whoa. to say it. I'm, I'm trying to recall our governor, and I don't even know if we have that policy. In place. <laughs> you don't even but, know who the uh, governor is, but you're going to recall him. <laughs> I dissent, sir. I dissent, sir or ma'am, whoever this governor is. He or they. I dissent. You are recall. I recall you. <laughs> I'm a recall. You're a recall. All right. Well, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later. Later, we talked to, I don't know, just an A-list celebrity. Jessica Chastain is joining us today. Ooh. Her new film, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, uh, opens. And uh, she's on the cover of the fall issue of Relevant. And we have a pretty in-depth profile with her there. You should go check it out. Um, but we talked to her today about the movie. And it, she plays Tammy Faye Baker. And it's actually, a, it was a passion project for her. She read the biography about 10 years ago and really worked for the last decade to get this movie made and it releases today uh, from searchlight. So that's exciting. I feel like, 
um, you know, coming out of like Righteous Gemstones, the, you know, the Danny McBride uh, televangelism HBO short run series, you know, coming out of that, it made me realize how much untapped material there is oh, in the yeah. world of like the, the, you know, evangelical sort of cultural heyday that we're sort of, you know, which has kind of slowly been fizzling out over the last like 15 years. But when you look at not just the story of like the Bakers, but, uh, you know, all the major like religious scandals that involved really interesting people, like whether, you know, whether their legacies are, you know, positive or negative, I think the least you can say about a lot of those you know, kind of, uh, you know, major religious figures that kind of took over American culture for a while. At the very least, they're very interesting for people. Sure. And, you know, their stories, you know, no, none of them set out to be like a villain or, you know, someone who's more known for a scandal than their ministry. But I think they're all super interesting. I'm really excited to see um, the eyes of Tammy Faye just because I feel like that world is just inherently interesting. Um, and I'm glad her approach seems to be one of compassion for, you know, someone who was involved in a lot of, you know, kind of scandalous events, but it seems to be an approach of a good faith look at the humanity behind mm -hmm. a situation that sort of spiraled out of control. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I, I just remember in the late eighties, like when they were ubiquitous, I remember I was at a mall one time and there was a, a like at a, not hot topic, but like Spencer gifts or whatever, they had a t-shirt and it had like fluorescent smudges all over it. And then it said, I ran into Tammy Faye at the mall. Like it was her makeup smudged all over the t-shirt. Do you remember that t-shirt? Whoa. I, just, I do. Oh, I is totally that what remember that. <laughs> He's uh -huh. good. Like she ran into lot. you and now I have all yep. the makeup splotches all over my shirt. <laughs> she, she was a cultural figure. There's a lot of our listeners born in the nineties that don't know the impact of Tammy Faye. I'm going to be honest. I don't know nothing about neither yeah. one of them. So it's like, I'll have they had a, not only PTL, huge, you know, uh, TV show and ministry and stuff like that, but they, they built a theme park in uh, outside of charlotte and it was at the time the second largest theme park only to disney world what in, was the name America. of the theme park they had a christian theme park Her heritage, heritage USA. usa yeah wow yeah it was so I, what did you get yeah. saved on the rides or something that like it wasn't a lot of rides you, if you go down the ride and then you get too scared you just say jesus name and then you good they had they did have a christian <laughs> theming to each ride but like i remember there was a big like water park part of it and there was like a big water slide like uh, and did you go there? Did I, you go I to did the park? When I was a little, little kid. I, I remember <laughs> oh the water slide. Oh, no, my parents were deep in that world. My, my dad did, ran yeah. Charisma magazine. I mean, my, yeah, that, that yeah. was, those people came over to the house. You know what I mean? It's like, I just yeah. Googled her. She, she wore a lot of makeup for sure. That's what she did. Yeah, that's what the gimmick was. Yeah. She um, wore a lot of, she wore a lot of makeup. Oh my goodness. Oh, I'm sorry. guys. <laughs> Well, uh, and what's crazy about this movie is like Andrew Garfield plays Jim Baker and Jessica Chastain plays uh, Tammy Faye. It's insane. Oh, yeah, it's coming out. I'm going to go see it. It's only in theaters on Friday. It comes out. Um, yeah. Also uh, on the show, we have relevant news. And at the end, you guys, uh, we're bringing back audience participation stuff and we're kicking it off with Ask the Cast. You guys sent us a ton of great questions for the cast and we will get to that later. All right. Stay tuned. Up next, Tyler joins us for relevant news.
listening to The Neighborhood. The song is Stargazing. Well, today's show is brought to you by UHSM. I know we're all tired of the rising cost of healthcare, and that's why we're so happy to share a little bit about WeShare. WeShare is a health sharing program powered by UHSM, a Christian health sharing ministry. Health sharing is not insurance. These programs are member-based fellowships where faithful people exercise their right to take charge of their own health care. Learn more about how WeShare is restoring faith and health care at WeShare.org. That's WeShare.org. O-R-G. Okay, it is time for Covering the intersection of faith and culture Please welcome to the show Relevant Senior Editor Tyler Huckabee Hey man Hey everybody So what's going on this week? Well, we're going to talk about Facebook What? Didn't, it didn't have to be like this but we, but we do need to talk about Facebook today And I apologize in advance Because I know this is, this is the, don't, don't turn it off Because I do think this is going to be I interesting I haven't been on Facebook in almost two years Do y'all see why, why are we talking about Facebook? That's that's why. Yeah, did I your, understand. Did your mama send you a, uh, like a little memory <laughs> thing or something? Uh, according to my Facebook feed, some very concerning things are happening behind the scenes politically <laughs> right now. You would not believe. <laughs> you would not believe what I'm reading out there. Oh, I okay? use it for research. It almost seems like fantastical. <laughs> I use Facebook for vaccine research. Oh, that's where I get my oh yeah, that's that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I listen. I have I have two sources. One is my Facebook feed. Two, weirdly, I just try to stick in line with like whatever Nicki Minaj is yeah. saying, and <laughs> she does uh, her own if she's got any too. advice one way or the other. <laughs> so, yeah, I yeah. feel pretty Speaking well. Speaking of, I'm really excited. I'm actually going to her cousin's wedding here in a few weeks. I haven't checked in it on the. Any How's sort he of, doing? Uh, yeah, well, I haven't heard any. I haven't checked on online list. recently. I but, got to save the date. I saved the date. <laughs> Well, inadvertently, you all are kind of getting into the reason that we're talking about Facebook today, because this is because obviously uh, the reason that face that that we are not uh, on Facebook as much as a lot of us used to be, if we're still on it at all, is because it's become a very uh, toxic and angry place with a lot of misinformation and extremely divisive. Now, as you might imagine, uh. Facebook is not unaware of this. Uh, there, there has they've been kind of wrestling with this internally for a few years now. But some new reporting does reveal the depth to which they're aware of this and how resistant they've been to doing anything about it. A new report from the Wall Street Journal found that in 2018, okay, right during the midterm elections when things were really at their peak in terms of political divisiveness, Jonah Peretti, he is the chief executive of online publishing at BuzzFeed, emailed Facebook, and uh, he wanted to share his concerns about the platform with them. BuzzFeed, probably one of the few publishers out there that can really get Facebook's attention. That What they were finding internally at BuzzFeed was that the more angry and divisive an article was that they wrote, the more engagement it would get online. They would try to do sort of the fun things BuzzFeed used to do, like the fun little like cat and animal videos or rewarding stuff about like, you know, silly gifts. That wasn't working anymore. They needed to do stuff that was either that would be sort of triggering, that would set people against each other, that would come down hard on a certain controversial political side. And they said, we think that you guys at Facebook need to be aware that we are being rewarded. We as publishers are being rewarded for producing toxic content. And we don't think that's a good thing. 
Facebook, mm. of course, was aware of this. And this was actually the result of something that they had done a couple of years earlier. They changed their algorithm away from things like engaging with brands, uh, engaging with news stories towards what they called meaningful interaction engagements. Uh, what they wanted to do, what they hoped would happen is that this would encourage people to interact more with friends and family than it would with BuzzFeed and the New York Times. They thought this would ultimately be a good thing. They, and According to them, they thought this would be very healthy for Facebook users to be pushed towards actual personal interactions instead of watching videos and cat and, uh, uh, you know, brand content. But what ended up happening is almost the opposite. This ended up incentivizing brands to try to act more like uh, toxic people, right? Mm -hmm. You ended up being somebody who tried to create something that was sensationalizing, something that was uh, sort of over the top, that was exaggerated, that would get that human response, that human interaction from people who are using Facebook. So Mm. BuzzFeed made them aware of this. They did a long in-depth study on all of this. They found out that it was very true. Facebook was very bad for its users' mental health. It was pulling families apart, and they decided not to do anything about it because they have not had this much engagement in years, which is why they are going to continue on. Publicly traded company, they don't care about mental health. They care about right clicks and ads. That's it. Listen, listen, and what what. And when, and when I think about the term meaningful engagement, I think about some lady that my mom used to go to church with <laughs> posting that John F. Kennedy Jr. faked his death and will be soon instated as the vice president of the United or, States. That is or, meaningful, people. Like, or the friend of your wife who got into selling leggings and is doing a Facebook Live to right. talk about her new shipment. Like mm-hmm. Well, to be fair, to be fair, I'm invested heavily heavily <laughs> and i'm you know i'm about midway are up you the wearing, pyramid so are I'll you be wearing leggings life. right now are you wearing some lularoe leggings right now i am i i Battery you know soft. i'll be honest that that what you know that wasn't initially my sales technique but i'm sitting on i'm sitting on a lot of inventory <laughs> right now so if i'm not wearing them it's just you're literally money, sitting so on them you're sitting on a pile of leggings <laughs> quite, quite quite literally uh, i have a tremendous amount of inventory that's uh, it's a little slow right now uh but it'll pick up last night i actually watched a four-part series on amazon prime on LuLaRoe, the the leggings mlm oh, yeah. company that exploded in the late uh teens you know very interesting. It's yeah. been, it's, it is something that I think something you hear a lot, something that people express a lot is why can't, uh, why don't people write more about good news? Why, why, why is it always bad news on the timeline? Why can't you focus on good stuff? And we've said that too, irrelevant, that we want to try to focus on good news, encouraging things in the world. And it just doesn't get any engagement because it turns out that's not entirely people's fault. That's sort of by design, right? Like Facebook mm-hmm. is not going to reward people who try to focus on good news, on encouraging news. They're instead going to reward mm. the more divisive content. We certainly see that irrelevant in terms of our own internal uh, metrics that we see. And we don't like to play into that. We try to resist that. But for brands who may not be as ethically uh, engaged as relevant tries to be with our content, they're obviously going to pivot to that. And they're going, and they're going to be financially rewarded for doing it because Facebook remains the most important driver of traffic for any content platform out there. So mm-hmm. that's why your aunt, your grandma, your parents are publish are posting this ugly content that seems like it's causing a lot of problems at the Thanksgiving dinner table is because that's what brands are incentivized to send their way. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, we're seeing the same thing on IG too, which is owned by Facebook. You know, like yeah. if we post, people are like, if we post something, you know, about vaccines or something that's divisive huge engagement not just people arguing but just tons of likes and stuff 
And then if, and then people are like, why are you being divisive? Why don't you post more about Jesus? And we're like, okay, cool. So next post we'll do connected to one of our articles. We'll do a thing about faith and like loving the Lord and something positive. And it's absolute crickets. Yeah. Now you could do, you could do 10 posts about Jesus and it mm-hmm. would be zero engagement. And then there's the one post that yeah. you just mentioned vaccine and then boom, yeah. mm-hmm. it explodes uh, yeah. or mention whatever the, the thing that's driving everybody crazy. And that, you know, I, I it's, this is a very scary time uh, because it's easy to manipulate. It's way easier to manipulate people now, but like, yeah. it really feels like you could just, just find the thing that everybody's mad at and just twist and twist the knife yeah. as much as you can to get people and it is tempting to as a content creator to lean into that outrage machine you know because Mm -hmm. it does it does get clicks i mean i know if i do a snarky post about rachel hollis it's going to get a lot more attention than you know talking about my kids or you know talking about regular life and i think that it's a temptation for everyone on every platform i don't know that this Mm -hmm. is facebook specific because twitter's the same twitter's absolutely the same well, and, and that's the other, I, and this might be a, a kind of an unpopular thing to say, but like how much of this is the fault of algorithms that are, you know, created and maintained by nefarious, you know, social media conglomerates and how much of it is those algorithms just highlighting the right. human, human behavior, right? Yeah. I mean, there's a reason that even before digital technology, what they, what they try to sell for you while you're checking out at the grocery store isn't copies of the wall street journal and the New York times. <laughs> it's a us weekly mm-hmm. with, you know, the promise of salacious photos photos and gossip or lit, you know pr- prior to conspiracies being on the internet they were right there you know like hey bat boy or yeah. whatever <laughs> yeah and it's like you know and they put it in the most high visibility spot what happened to bat boy like he had a he had a good run there before the internet he had a real mo- he, had a, he had a real real <laughs> moment um, he's doing great He's actually he's actually running a, a he's actually running a recall campaign in, in, in some state right now. I mean, he's getting quite a bit of attention. But, but but what I'm saying is like, you know, if if it's not social media, which happens to just be a really powerful engine for you know being able to measure the collective sort of consciousness of of its user base, it's going to just creep out in other areas. Like, how much is it is it even Facebook's fault that its user base? is hungry for a certain type of content and engages with it more and how much of it is just, Hey, that's the human condition, man. It's like, mm. this is, you know, if, if we want to make real change, we can put little stop gaps in technologically, but it's going to find its way out. Yeah. Like the, those sort of impulses. And, and that's not me making an excuse for Facebook, but I also think that's part of the you reality suck, of this, man. you know? Well, I don't think it's Facebook's fault per se, but then the question becomes, is it, is it Facebook's responsibility, right? So if humans are behaving yeah. horribly on their platform, do they have a responsibility to kind of rein it in? Well, I guess the question would be, how do you actually rein in the fact yeah. that people are drawn to negativity Bias. over positivity? I, I don't even right. know what you could do besides, I don't, I mean, I don't know. 
<laughs> yeah. That's a hard I, one. I think Facebook yeah. just says, hey, we've created a, a gathering space for you. Mm-hmm. Whatever you do when you gather is up to you. Uh-huh. Right. We just want to create an environment for you to feel welcome. You know what I mean? But they, but the algorithm does incentivize a certain type of human behavior and content. Mm-hmm. Like there may be a human predilection towards that, but they are still going to be looking to get rich off of that predilection because they could make an algorithm that deliberately boosted posts that were more encouraging and unifying like that is something that they would have the ability to at least try to do but they mm. haven't done it yet is it because there's not enough money yeah. in there or is it because they're they they themselves like that well, or they're being uh their investors want that i don't know there's probably a lot of different reasons going on in there i don't mm. mean to paint them out to all be like deliberately trying to tear the country apart but i think there are options that have perhaps been left untried here that would reward a certain type of human behavior. I mean, what about just going back to the option of, do you remember back in the day on Facebook, it just was in order. There was right. no algorithm. Like yeah. Yeah. it was just in yeah. order of whatever your friend said. So you'd read through it till the end and see new content as it came in. Like that seems like maybe a solution. The algorithm's the moneymaker though, because yeah, if, yeah, money if, if, I, if I can... Yeah. If I put it back in chronological order, then now there's no need to pay me for ads. You see what I'm saying? And different things like that. So uh, that's the moneymaker. But I have a homie that uh, he used to do, I guess they would call it quality control for Facebook. And it's like, so as negative as the posts are that we get today, there are posts that will never see the light of day because there's someone there who's constantly looking for the worst of it. He said, I lost all faith in humanity. He was, I know that's why I'm not on Facebook anymore. I kept posting and it wouldn't even show up anywhere. (laughs) I didn't didn't know what was going on. Yeah. I've really had a few things I needed to get off my chest. You know what I'm saying? Listen, I I was helping. I was volunteering with the Bat Boy campaign. What is the yeah, Bat Boy? Listen, Y'all got to help me out because I'm ideas. lost. This is this uh, is you know that, that you know that weird that tabloid at checkout called the Globe, yeah. the World or Weekly World News or whatever. Like 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 the one tabloids have like celebrity gossip. The Globe and Weekly World News like would make up stuff about UFOs. aliens and things. Oh, and, all that. and so they have this one where like ah, Bat ah, Boy ah, was ah. found, and it was like I just. I don't know why that just stuck out to me. So did they create like a, a prosthetic oh, like yeah. thing and, yeah, and it's so really all awesome, fake news? They would cut out pictures and like it looks so <laughs> fake. It was terrible. It, it was, fa- it, it was literally fake news yeah. before before fake news entered the consciousness. That. I never understood like who's the, paying for this. Like why do I want to be but somebody like told is. stuff? Is somebody is yeah. enough that they put it right there. So yeah. it, it was selling. That's it what's was so selling. frightening. And, and I think it's the same principle, yeah. right? Because like it's it's drive by, you know, it's impulse trying to eyeball shopping. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, it's like, OK, let's put something in a high a traffic area that people are going to see. And hopefully on an impulse, they'll either click or pick this up. You know, it's the same, it's the same kind of thing. They're tapping into kind of the dark id of the American consumer. But with Facebook, I can click around on weird links with some anonymity where I don't have to be seen at the, at the checkout counter. With the bat boy. The bat hey, boy. This is the yeah. craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Watching Derek <laughs> see bad boy for the first time. Time is the boy. best thing I've seen all week. <laughs> my, my favorite thing about this podcast it. is every week 
Derek finds out something else that white people do uh-huh. that he didn't know about. Uh-huh. And Jesse was given a very thoughtful, for people who can't hear just listening to this, Derek, Jesse was giving a very thoughtful response here. I happened to text to the group chat a picture of that boy from the, from the tabloids, and Derek almost had a heart attack. He's losing it. Because the thing is, I'm thinking to myself, there's no way possible that someone would see this and believe that this is true. Yeah. Like, but Derek, it looks like a regular newspaper. It was the whole business model. The whole business model of like Weekly World News and Globe and all those was just to put in outrageous no things way. on the cover that were unverified, like were absolutely false. And it would be like Bill Clinton, Bill Clinton, you know, meets with alien right, boss. Right. And like it would literally yeah. show like the president meeting with an alien and the at the White House. And you're just like, who's believing this? You know? Oh, that explains a lot. That's why. Uh, you got the conspiracy theories and stuff popping right to the now. lizard people. The, yeah, the lizard the, people. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> wow. Prime the That's pump. what I'm saying. It's not that far wow. removed from what we're seeing now. It's just like the, the delivery mechanism for this type of content has just gotten way better. Right. I mean, that's what it is. Like the impulse for people to want to read this stuff has always been there. There was entire businesses. But you used to yeah. read it in your living room alone, yeah. and now you read it, and then you post it on Facebook, and it. But, well, now think about it though. Before you had to buy it and go through the shame of mm-hmm. I enjoy this. <laughs> now you can just like it's there's on your no phone. Shame. You there's no what? shame. There's no shame. <laughs> yeah, I'm walking out of the grocery store going like this. Did you guys see this? They found Bat Boy. He's in a cave. Scientists he's found the president. Bat Boy. And, yeah, and he's got a meeting with an alien and the president. How is this not on every newspaper? This is huge, people. Man, that's oh, crazy. Man. Like I. You know yeah. what the thing is? I think I have seen this. I just never seen that particular thing, but I have seen some stuff. I guess maybe look, man, when you, my mama was one of the ones like, don't, when you go in the store, you don't touch nothing. You don't look at nothing. Don't breathe on nothing. You, <laughs> and so I just never even would look at any of those magazines. I know I won't be able to buy nothing anyway, but that's just crazy that people actually yeah. like believe that. I, hopefully people are buying it. Clip was buying it for entertainment though. Right? Like, there were people that were actually millions every week. Their circulation was yeah. in the millions. So that's the crazy there's thing. A great bit, it's like the reach. There's was, a great bit in Men in Black that they buy it for tips on where to go next for the. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. All right. Well, that'll do it for Relevant News. Uh, follow Relevant on all the socials uh, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, and more, where we are covering the intersection of faith and culture every day. We're posting a ton of stuff follow along all right thanks tyler thanks everybody stay tuned up next jessica chastain joins us listening to Deb Never. The song is funky. Well, our guest today is Jessica Chastain. She's a producer and actress who you know from movies like Zero Dark Thirty, Molly's Game, The Tree of Life, and Interstellar. And as of today, you'll know her as Tammy Faye Baker in The Eyes of Tammy Faye, which opens today. Jessica recently spoke to our very own Tyler Huckabee about the infamous Tammy Faye, why her story stuck out to her, and why Jessica feels we don't quite understand Tammy Faye. Here is part of our conversation. With Jessica Chastain. 
of our mission to help people. Anyone who's hurting or they feel like they've been left out, God has a plan for us. What'd he tell you to do this time? Jesus keeps a ticking me higher and higher. Jim will preach and I'll sing. Higher and higher. God does not want us to be poor. Father, a pleasure. Now God has a voice in this fight. I, I was on the press tour for Zero Dark Thirty. I was jet lagged, and the documentary came up. I had seen it before, but I, you know, I was like, "Oh, watch this! I like, I like this movie." And then I was, "She's amazing. Why hasn't anyone made this movie?" And then the Steve Peters interview came on, and I realized like how punk rock she was. She just, in a time, you know, before anyone's really talking about AIDS, uh, she was bringing someone on who um, was, you know, was struggling um, with their diagnosis and getting treatment for AIDS, and then also talked about what it meant for him to be homosexual in the United States. It was like shocking that this uh, televangelist did this, especially in this world that was just like mostly, it was controlled by white men. And here she is and she's just kind of like, God loves everybody. He loves you just the way you are. And what a radical thing to say uh, to, and to remind Christians of. Steve is a patient of AIDS. I can't look at this. You need to get her under control. I built you an empire. You built you an empire. Some people, they're just hurting so bad, and we just need to love them. <laughs> I want to put my arm around you. And I want to put my arms around you, Tammy Faye. <laughs> I knew kind of like the joke of Tammy Faye. I knew her through comedy, like satirical shows um, and sketches. Which also, so I like, I was like, oh yeah, the makeup running down her face and all that stuff. And then you, I started to do the research. I was like, there is not one video of making makeup running down her face. And even mm-hmm. she says she wore waterproof mascara. I'm remembering it from a sketch comedy show. So it, it was a rude awakening um, to kind of revisit my childhood and realize that my perception of the truth wasn't actually the truth. It was just something that had been fed to me that then I was, that I just came to think was the truth up until now. Uh, society has spent a lot of time. I'm saying up until now, cause I hope like we're moving into a different direction. A lot of time, like telling women how to present themselves in the world, like pantsuits and short skirts and like you're wearing too much makeup you're not wearing enough makeup there's so much attention into how a woman decides to show herself and there was a fearlessness that tammy had she was such a creative person but she also was like larger than life and she took up a lot of space her voice took up a lot of space her mannerisms her comedy like her singing like her makeup her costumes everything was just loud and I think in society, a loud woman was a woman that you really had to contend with. And so that was that was threatening, I think, to um, certain groups. perceptions that people have i may be doing something that's different but also this is something i've studied i bought i got the rights 10 years ago i've been studying this for 10 years i've watched every single video i could find i've listened to all the audio i've talked to family i've talked to people who worked with her i've read all of her books i read her 
son's book. I'm like, I've read books on PTL. I have done so much crazy research. One thing that made me happy is recently I came across the podcast You're Wrong About. I'm not oh, yeah. sure if you, yeah. And they have I an episode last night. Yeah. Ah, okay. So as they were going through it, they were going through the story and I was like, this is, it's kind of like, it goes with our film. And the reality is we didn't, like the podcast came out after we made the film. So it was kind of mm-hmm. like, and the wow. script was written. So all the research kind of goes like, well, if you do your homework, you have the same story. something and that's at the end of our film and it's actually taken directly these are her exact words from something that i had seen her do when she was preaching and she said you know she's talking about the grace of god and she says without that beautiful grace i wouldn't be here today and she said that grace that reached down and said tammy faye i love you and i love you just the way you are god's grace is sufficient enough for you today too and he loves you just the way you are and that to me is everything about our movie is trying to say that to me is i could get emotional talking about this even if you feel unloved even if you feel unworthy even if you've made mistakes in your life even if you feel like you've been thrown away by society or you've been judged upon you are worthy of love and tammy strongly believed that and i think that's why so many connected with her because there was there was something in her that saw the grace in you and um it's a good reminder to have someone see that i won't go forward looking in the rear view mirror of my life this is who i am You know, I wasn't baptized and I did not grow up in a religious household. In fact, my um, family had had some negative experiences um, in organized religion, and which is why they chose not to raise their children in it. And through working on like with Terrence Malick on the Tree of Life, I studied a lot about faith. I consider myself a, a deeply, um, my life is deeply based in, in faith. And Tammy Faye, was someone who could reach those who felt like they had no connection to grace and um, to remind them really that for her, and this is also what I believe, that it is love. That that is what it's based on. And so I'm hoping that those who who see the film are reminded in that. And and also maybe some who, like me, did not grow up, with any kind of connections to an organized religion, it will make them feel loved beyond uh, the present, loved beyond this world. And perhaps that'll make them feel closer to humanity. Is Jessica Chastain. Make sure to go check out more of our conversation with her in the newest issue, the fall issue of Relevant Magazine. It's available right now at relevantmagazine.com ad free. Thanks to the support of UHSM. 
Okay, stay tuned. Up next, we're answering your questions and ask the cast. It's a little fun, stupid, and like really dumb. Perhaps it's pieces of gum before I get home, cause it's too, it's so well. Yeah, I know they'll never tell. And we drive in a little fast, pieces wasting my gas. You're listening to Claire Rosencrans. The song is Hotel. Well, today's episode is brought to you by podcast creation platform, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor yet, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. First of all, it's free. There are custom tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and every major platform. The cool thing is you can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Okay, it's time for... Ask the cast anything you want and we'll use our brains to answer. Okay, so we went on uh, the Relevant Podcast Twitter account this week, and we asked you guys if you have any burning questions for the cast, and you guys did not disappoint. There are a ton here. Um, A lot of them are really dumb, though, so I'm going to also augment these with table topics cards that I will select at random. So, all right, we're going to kick it off. That's it. Just, you know, round robin here. I'm just going to ask you all questions that the burning questions that the audience wants to know. So here they are. Scott Poirier on Twitter said, what is the one or what is one conspiracy theory that you would like to find out is true? I thought that was funny with the uh, bad boy conversation earlier. (laughs) Come on, Jesse, you know, you got a few. Oh, I I have. Okay. I was actually talking about this one. I did. I did a a podcast for this recently that, that I think that it's not totally implausible that I'm not saying that the moon landing was fake. I think we landed on the moon. In, in the 1960s. But I do think it's it's entirely possible there's a conspiracy that Stanley Kubrick, the, the famous film director, mm-hmm. actually faked the moon landing footage. So basically, like, we, we were going to make, America was going to make it to the moon, but, you know, it's 1960s era tech here. I mean, I'm looking at, I'm, Cameron, I'm looking at you on Zoom and you're getting a little pixelated mm-hmm. and you're just down the coast from mm-hmm. me. So it's not, it's not implausible to think that the, the gov- NASA was worried about the video feed going back because it was like, look, Video or it didn't happen, right? Like that was the big triumphant thing. We got to show them landing on the moon so that in order to make sure that no technical glitch would happen back in the 1960s, they had Stanley Kubrick fake a moon landing like the footage and then uh, aired it as the real footage and that his movies that are are coded with confessions that he was involved in the secret plot with NASA. And if you watch The Shining, The Shining is actually embedded deeply with codes and imagery that confesses that he was a part of this plot. I don't think it's necessarily true, but I think it'd be pretty cool if it was. That's interesting. Also, Bat Boy. Also, Bat Boy <laughs> is a lot. You guys got any? I'm not a really conspiracy person. So I mean, I maybe, don't if, really have any. maybe if the vaccine gives you 5G, that'd be pretty cool. 
you know. Oh, I would love that. Free internet? <laughs> I, you know. Sign me up. I'm also ready to be microchipped. Like, if I could just have something in my hand that's my debit card, my passport, if I don't have to keep remembering Christy things, Christ. I'm totally it's gonna down. Be your phone. Like, this is my it. phone. That's what right, Apple's just doing. Just put it inside me. I'm, I'm ready. I'm available. Back yeah. of the Elon net. Musk is working on that. Kristen, yeah. if you don't stop this right yeah. now. <laughs> Kristen, what if we, what if, because I like the, I like the hand, yeah. but also I feel like sometimes I just want to look right into a scanner, maybe right in the forehead yeah. or, you if, know, some solution like that. If they like could that. simultaneously put it in my forehead and get rid, rid of my frown lines, I feel like there's a real market for that. Like Botox <laughs> so you're saying you go down get some Botox in the forehead. And your microchip. Yeah. I'm Got down it. if it makes me look younger and I don't have to keep remembering my credit cards. I, listen, I have I have Bill Gates do all my lip injections, okay. and they look not fantastic. only not only do they look perfectly plump, but he can see wherever I go, That's which is very important to Bill Gates. He's very concerned about tracking everyone. All right, for Brandon Spencer asks you guys if you had a Bruce Almighty style experience of being God for a day, what would you do or change? Mm. Mm. Wow. Mm. I mean, I feel like I want to give the Miss America answer and say solve world hunger, but I also feel like there might be some some petty things like I don't know, like I I think I would do something horrible to the Kardashians. <laughs> you know what I learned today? You know what I learned after the Met Gala and there was that picture that became my favorite meme on the internet of Kendall standing next to Kim, you know, yes. like I was like what I, I, I googled how tall is Kim Kardashian? Because Kendall was like a foot taller than her and they were both wearing high heels. Did you know Kim Kardashian is only 5'2"? Really? And Courtney is only 5'1"? Wow. That's and right. then how tall People. is Kendall? She's super tall. Like six foot. Because if wow. you look at them standing next to each other, there's a foot difference. Like Kim comes up to her upper chest, like mm -hmm. below her shoulder. So I just thought that was interesting. I'll be, I'm going to let y'all know, I'll be pretty petty. Like I know, especially, all right, look, first of all, <laughs> If I know I'm only going to get to be God for a day, you know what I'm saying? Right. I'm going to go ahead and get my money right because when this God stuff over with, I'm going to still be rich. Like, so we're going to go ahead and get that taken mm -hmm. care of. Mm -hmm. Then all of the people that was messing with me on Twitter for the past 10, mm -hmm. 15 years, oh, y'all in trouble. So what would you do to them, though? Are you just going to like... How would you I would probably them? put your booty on your face. Um... <laughs> <laughs> See, I thought you would just say like you would block them from social oh, media. No, and they would no, 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 no. That's not a, that's you not good enough. You are literally going to rearrange no, their I'm anatomy. I'm going to put your mm -hmm. butt on your face because you would be in a booty face. So mm -hmm. I'm just going to, you're going to have a butt face. <laughs> they're talking out of their butt. Yeah, so, so you're going to get to literally talk out your butt now. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, let's see what else we would do. I, I have all, I mean, I, I can't even, it's, it's, it's inexhaustible the level of pettiness I have, so. It's sad that I'm going petty as well, but I will say, but I would make it even more subtle. Like I, I, I would, I would make it even more subtle, so they don't just wake up one day and be like, "Wait, booty faces. why is why is why is there booty in my face? Is Jesse God today? Is that what happened here?" Yeah, because that too sounds obvious. like no. Oh I, man, Derek Myers in charge. Oh man, I would, I would make sure that their both feet grew like eight foot sizes over the course of two months, unexplained. Like their just feet slowly. just went through a growth spurt, and they're like, "What the heck's going on here? My feet are naturally just getting." giant and I have no shoes and I would like pause the growth at different periods so once they bought new shoes then they would just keep growing yes. and I would make them just continually buy shoes Jesse, until their feet look like scuba describing flippers describing being a parent of an 11 year old boy that yeah. is literally yeah, happening exactly. in my life it's a real right pain, pain. That is my it's life. a real pain 
Yeah, it's a real pain, and I would subject them to that. Just yeah, I'm not going to ruin their lives. Very soft, petty, like sh- shoe size. <laughs> that's very nice. Jesse's a kind god. He's like it's on and popping. Everybody with a deep voice that was making fun of me, I'm gonna make it high pitched. Like I was just gonna do all. I'm gonna make every, matter of fact. Matter of fact, I probably would just make them all sound like they just been sucking on helium. That just would we just do that. So, so again, if we somehow became mm. an omniscient, loving God mm-hmm. for a day, yes. it's yes. not what Kristen talked about: solving world hunger, violence. Oh, I'm gonna do some good uh, stuff, like bringing justice to the injustice. No, it's all the petty stuff. There's a list. Mm-hmm. Derek's got a list, and he's going down it. Just oh yeah, it so that's we just gonna okay. start off with that because that's just gonna be like okay. that's gonna appease my wrath. Then after that, we'll get to like world hunger, and you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, okay. oh like, you're starting we, with we, the petty. I thought you were saying petty though. Start yeah, I gotta start system. with the petty. Just get it out of the system. Then you know, then oh, we'll okay. then we'll fix some other stuff. But you know, for right now though, <laughs> like I was letting y'all know, man. Everybody that was hating on me, bro, just just know if if I get to be God for a day and you got a booty on your face you're coming for I'm them coming. it was it was me yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah and if <laughs> all of a sudden you're bandit. a normal sized person wearing shack shoes yeah john b asks us on twitter uh name a musical artist or a film that you love that would probably surprise people one that doesn't fit your usual mo so artist or film that you love listen i'm ready to say that i love yanni i do I really love. I thought you were going to say the Yanni. Fast and Furious movies. Yanni. I don't, Interesting. and I stand by it. I've still never seen one, except okay. I'm ready for the Fast and the Furious musical. I am excited about someone doing that. <laughs> Wait, that's happening? I don't know. People have done oh, it, like oh, little oh, versions oh. of it on TikTok. That became a meme, oh. and it brought Got me it. a lot of joy. But um, I like the musical artist, pianist. Um, new age classic weirdo long hair Yanni. I like him. The uh, it's very years peaceful. ago we had we had the Adonis of a man John Tesh here on this very okay. podcast. I mean, and similar. we did a deep dive hour long conversation with with John Tesh, and he told us stories about in the eighties. He was living in L.A. and he and Yanni would regularly go to the beach and play shirtless volleyball, much like in the Top Gun yes. scenes. John Tesh and Yanni were like <laughs> prolific shirtless volleyball guys in the 80s in LA. I thought that was quite the mental picture. I could see that. I, I would say um, I would say I have a somewhat of an affection for the music of Steve Winwood. Uh, you know, back in the high life again. I mean, if 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 you hear higher love right now, bring me a higher love. It's just a banger. Yeah, it's, it's still slaps. Sure. It's, it's hard to feel bad when that song comes on. You know, and I and here's another one. I know this is not. I know this is isn't cool at all. But I was just doing the Amazon Prime scrolling the other night, and it was just like I just want to watch something, just something I haven't seen in a long time. And I watched the film You, Me, and Dupree where Owen Wilson plays an unwelcome house guest of Kate Hudson and Matt Dillon. Guys, the movie still holds up. It was still feel good. Mm. You felt good for Dupree the whole time. I can't, you know, I can't watch it, it great... because I know what happened in Owen Wilson's life when that movie came out. Like That was when he was very depressed and attempted suicide mm. and stuff. I didn't know it's that. Like, it's tough for me to separate it doesn't that bother movie Jesse. from. Yeah. It's so great Listen, that he's, he's back. He's doing great. Yeah, he's doing Unlucky. great. And... You know, yeah, and it's just a feel-good movie, and you know, it's it's one of those things where it's not a very cool movie to say. What are you talking about? It's like a comedy. That's not like shocking. I mean, your Steve Winwood thing's pretty good. Derek, what about you? 
something that you love that people would be surprised I can't by. think of I can't think of anything like, I'm thinking about music I, you're just on brand all the well, time yeah, I was just no it's, I, I guess I would assume well I don't know relevant people probably don't really know much about my musical taste but I literally love all music like there's not a I can't think of a genre that or that you'd be like oh if I if it's dope I'll, I'll, especially when it comes to music, I, especially in if something is popular, I'm never like, oh, this is trash. I'm like, well, why do people like this? That's always my first mm-hmm. question. It's never, oh, this is trash. I'm always asking why. Um, when it comes to like movies and stuff, I don't know. Let me think. Is there any movie that I like that people wouldn't think I like? I was going to say Pineapple Express, but I'm like, people know I would like something like that because it's just... <laughs> yeah, there's no shame like, in that. I, don't, yeah, I, I yeah. can't think of anything safe. Like, that's like a guilty pleasure. I, I really can't. All right. So there's there's a lot more where that came from, but I'm going to throw one or two table topics in the mix here. We got a couple minutes left for this segment. Uh, what What's the most difficult thing about getting older? What's the difficult thing about getting older? Losing weight. Oh. I'm trying to tell you. That, like, man, I used to be able to cut weight so fast. When my younger years now, it's like, dang, boy, yeah. you got to do, f- it's crazy. I look at a donut and I gain 10 pounds. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I can basically eat kale and dust if I want to fit in my jeans. That's the end. Kale and Fact. dust. Or, or Have I'm you just... ever seen dust under a microscope? No. Oh, is it disgusting? You said delicious. <laughs> it's all microorganisms and, and dust mites and right just now. nasty. Is it, how many calories does it have? Right. <laughs> you, well, none because is the animals filling? that yeah. you're putting in your body will give you taste. Can we put hot sauce on it is the question. I'll say this. The hardest part of getting older for me just kind of kicked in the last month after me and Derek kind of had a little dust up and my feet have been growing at a tremendous rate. And I've had to rebuy shoes three times. And so I don't know sorry. if it's just an age thing, but I'm wearing size 19 right now, guys. Is this all happening for you too? <laughs> yeah, because it's, just to- aging, it's totally man. normal. That's what happened to Ronald McDonald. He was a big guys- liar and then vengeance. <laughs> I right now am wearing a brace on my wrist because I sustained an injury from clicking my mouse. So oh, that's oh, a fun oh, thing about aging. Carpal tunnel? Yeah. I have carpal tunnel. Um, I wake up and my feet hurt. My feet hurt from sleeping. Like that's how I'm. <laughs> like, Yo, that's a fact. Like, these are sports injuries. That's like a fact. I, my body just hurts from life. That's fact. I can't read a restaurant menu without glasses on. Yeah. Like my no. body's breaking down. Kristen, that's oh, a, no. that's a fact. My knee just started hurting out of nowhere one day. <laughs> I'm just like, what happened? What I ain't even that? did nothing. I'm just walking around the house. I know. <laughs> D- D- Derek, I had I had random knee pain one time and it was persistent I went to the doctor you know they told you know what they diagnosed what? me with I, I'm scared this most un- housemaid's knee yeah oh you have housemaid's knee oh well that's a that's House? the injury that I was so that, that makes me what feel great that? then one time I hurt my thumb it, it's basically I was like doing I was like fixing well attempting to fix something just actually breaking it further it's terrible, terrible at DIY yeah yeah exactly I just I don't even try anymore but I was on my hands and knees doing something and you know it's something messed up in my in my old man knees the other the other inj- embarrassing injury I had it was I was like picking it was when my kids were a little bit younger I was picking them up and my, my thumb started hurting it was like the the carpal tunnel thing and they diagnosed me with mommy thumb so i had mommy thumb and housemaid's knee at the same time double injury (laughs) what's mommy thumb i've never heard of mommy thumb and housemaid's these are virginia diseases like this is these are their exclusive (laughs) i don't think you were the real doctor man man. (laughs) did you go to a midwife 
I think that was like Grandma Clampett from the Beverly Hillbillies, like diagnosing you. Yeah. No, I hey, look, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you I'm gonna send you guys links, and you know you can mock me all you want, but this these these injuries are my cross to bear. Okay, we all get by in life. <laughs> we all have to get. We all have to get by in life with our ailments, and I happen to have the two horrible diseases of mommy thumb and housemates. Me, so I'm glad you're bringing just, awareness to mommy's thumb. That's important. Like, let's reduce awareness. the stigma. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it really, yeah, I, I ran three marathons to raise money for this, and it, despite a flaring housemates me. So there you go, Lance Armstrong. So, all right, hey, really strong, hey, baby. I ain't never heard we of appreciate that. everybody who sent in questions. We'll do this again. Uh, yeah, there's there's a lot. If you guys want to go, just play along at home. Just go look at the relevant podcast Twitter account. There's a lot of great questions in the in the replies there. All right, that'll do it for Ask the Cast. Ask the Cast anything you want, and we'll use our brains to answer. Before we wrap things up today, I want to thank Jessica Chastain for joining us. Like I mentioned earlier, make sure to check out the full feature we have with her and uh, more of that conversation in the fall digital issue of Relevant. It's available available for free and ad-free thanks to our sponsor, UHSM. Also, a little other housekeeping. We'll keep you in the loop. Uh, as you know, if you've been listening along the last couple of weeks, we are now twice a week. We are back to twice a week, every Tuesday and Friday. Look for a new episode of The Relevant Podcast. Help us spread the word. We'd love to hear from you, hear your feedback, hear your reactions on social media. Make sure to tag us, tell your friends. Uh, also, head over to relevantmagazine.com and check out the rest of what's happening in the fall issue of Relevant. It just came out. Uh, we've got incredible, thoughtful conversations with Jennifer Hudson, Hillsong Young and Free, Andy Minio, and so many more. We talked to Dr. Francis Collins, kind of the premier scientific expert about the pandemic, who is, he also happens to be a believer and one of the most brilliant people ever. He's in the issue as well. So much good content. Go check it out. It's available at relevantmagazine.com. Also, make sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to keep up with what's new and to submit questions to the cast for upcoming episodes. We have some fun ideas coming up that you'll definitely want to be a part of. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter specifically for the show at Relevant Podcast. And then it's uh, at Relevant and at Relevant, I believe, on Facebook as well, at Relevant Magazine on Instagram. If you want to stay in touch with what's going on at Relevant and don't have time for all that social media stuff, and you just want the best of the best, uh, right there on the Relevant homepage, you can sign up for our daily newsletter where we bring you the top five trending stories every morning from Relevant. Uh, It's one way to keep in touch and make sure you don't miss a thing. On that note, we'll wrap it. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Derek Miner. I'm Kristen Howerton. And we will see you on Tuesday. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, browse the shows on the Relevant Podcast Network, which you can find at our site. And while you're there, don't miss the all-new era of Relevant Magazine. A new issue releases every other month at RelevantMagazine.com. They found Bat Boy. He's in a cave. Relevant Podcast Network.